For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is the Sixer Sense Podcast. We are recording after game one against the Atlanta Hawks. We know Chris today. We got Uriah though. So, um, Uriah, game one. Got tight there at the end, but it was an overall disappointment, huh? So Lucas, I actually was texted. Someone texted me, a family member. Uh, shout out to Dan. He said, hey, do you want four tickets to the Sixers game? And I was like, I'm thinking, yes, I want to go. But then I had plans. I had some stuff going on. I didn't make it down to the Wells Fargo Center. And after this game, I'm kind of glad I didn't go. Yeah, it probably, you might have left before the fourth quarter because it was a 20 to 15 point game for the most for the most part until like the last five minutes of the game. Uh, Atlanta really came out swinging. They definitely were hot, but let's just go ahead and get into it, Uriah. Yeah, sure. So let's just focus on some team stats. We know that the players make up the team collectively, but as a whole, there were some really glaring differences in terms of how the Sixers play versus the Wizards versus how they played against the Hawks. So, Lucas, give, give us some takeaways in terms of team stats. Team stats-wise, I'm going to focus here on the shooting here, Uriah, because for the game, the Hawks shot 20 of 47 from the three-point line. That's 42%, roughly. And then the Sixers shot 10 of 29, which is about 34%, 34 34.5%. We know that the Sixers are a low-volume three-point shooting team, but you got to hit on the shots that you make and give Atlanta some credit. They have some length that really bothered the Sixers on the perimeter. And then when we get to free throw shooting, which I'm sure you're going to touch on more later, but um, as a whole, the Sixers shot 24 of 35 from the free throw line, whereas the Hawks shot 20 of 21. That's 95.2% versus 68.6% Uriah. Granted, the Sixers got to the line more, but it just was not a pretty 
pretty outing three for throw wise for the Sixers, and that's where they lost the game. Here is at the three point line and at the foul line, that, because everywhere else the Sixers pretty much were ahead in terms of stats wise. Now I'll be honest, I didn't watch every game of the Hawks Knicks series. I, I just know that Trey Young was just the star of the series. He mm-hmm. took a bow at the end and he shushed the crowd up at Madison Square Garden. I didn't expect them to come into this game as hot as they probably arrived out of the the series with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. But you're right. The, the the shooting is what killed us. It it, it just was it was so sad to see, considering we do have good shooters. There's a particular shooter that we brought over from L.A. We'll get into him later. But I, I just want to look at Lucas, the bench production. Mm-hmm. If you think about what our bench is supposed to do, they're either, you know, we're either trying to maintain a lead, which we really never had, mm-hmm. or get us back into the game. And I just remember times over the season where we were down and the bench was able to give us that spark. But for whatever reason... The bench seemed out of sync. And if we look at the bench, we look at Dwight Howard with a big goose egg. Mm-hmm. Zero points. Mm-hmm. Zero points. He was a minus 15, Lucas. Mm-hmm. Maxie was two for eight. Horrible shooting night. He, he just seemed disconnected in terms of the offense and the flow. He took a big bite of humble pie, and maybe this was good for him. When Thibel is your leading scorer off the bench, you know that things aren't working the way they, they should. And, of course, uh, George Hill, zero points. Furkan came in and toward the end and, and gave a nice spark. But collectively, Lucas, the bench was atrocious for the Sixers. For sure. And Shake Milton did not look good in his one minute that he played. And Uriah, why? of course, we're not happy that it's not good for the Sixers when Thibault's leading scorer. You know you're happy that he had a solid game shooting, two of four from the three-point line. One of the bright spots offensively for the Sixers outside of the starting five. But, yeah, you're right. Overall, the main two guys on the Hawks that really gave the Sixers some business was Kevin Herter, who was 3 of 6 from the three-point line. He was really good. And on defense, too, he really gave the – I was not expecting that from Herter. He's not really known as the defender, but he gave Maxi and Hill and even Seth Curry a little bit some problems. And Lou Williams came in as a, you know, microwave shooter, got eight Sweet points. Lou. Yes, we <laughs> Lou, those uh, lemon pepper wings must have gave him that uh, extra juice that he needed today because he he was, uh, you know, he had eight points in 11 minutes. And I didn't then, bring it up this time, everybody. Usually in the past, I'm the one that brings up the lemon pepper wings, but it was Lucas's mm-hmm. time. <laughs> yeah, it was me, and I own that. And then this wasn't even a good Gallinari game. He had nine points in 18 minutes. That's low scoring for him, but you know, usually he can go off for like 15 points any given night as well. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I mean, granted, I don't think the Hawks will be this hot next game, but who knows? I mean, Trey Young is a show. He's showing that he's a bona fide superstar, but you know, let's go ahead and change gears though. Cause we're going to talk about more about individual performances. So Uriah, l- 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 let me ask you, uh, cause I feel like you want to talk about the bench a little bit more. So let's talk about the bench. So I, I, I look at Cork Maz. And he looked a little sketchy in the first half. I think everybody looks sketchy in the first half, except for Embiid. And I think Thibault, you mentioned earlier, he had a very solid game for him. He stepped up and hit a few decent shots from beyond the arc. And he played the best defense he could. It seemed like the refs were giving Trey Young all of the benefit of the doubt when it came to Mm -hmm. the amount of contact that he really deserved on certain calls. 
there was one where Doc, I think he did a challenge, and we ended up losing that challenge. But uh, Shake, you said earlier you think that maybe he doesn't deserve any more minutes the rest of the series. Yeah, I said that before we came on the air. Yeah, yeah. and I, I've always been a big Shake supporter. I don't know what's going on in his head. I don't know what type of pep talk he needs from Larry Brown or Doc Rivers. Hell, get Brett Brown on the phone with him. I don't care. But he seems lost. I think the first time he caught a pass, he traveled with the basketball. We can't mm-hmm. have that. Can't have that at all. As far as the bench is concerned, I have to really point a, a, a strong finger at uh, Dwight Howard. Here's mm-hmm. a guy. He's a veteran. He's supposed to plug up the middle, protect the paint, give us rebounds. And it for the. I've been watching basketball a long time, Lucas. I've never seen a center with a worst touch around the rim. This guy gets the ball. He's two inches from the rim, and he, he misses so close to the rim. It drives me nuts. Well, that's why, yeah, that's why Shaq never gave him any credit when he was in his prime because he was more of a dunker. Right. If he right. embraced the dunker more, like, you know. But I, I honestly, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I don't understand what happened to Dwight because this is a favorable matchup against, you know, non-stretch right. bigs. Granted, they are a little bit bigger, but he's athletic, just as athletic as he ever was. He should be able to anchor the defense, and he's defensively is the issue right here because offensively, you know, you get what you get. You know, it's not a big deal if he doesn't score. But just the interior defense fell apart when, you know, Joel wasn't in there, and they went to center Ben in the fourth quarter, and that actually really helped. That helped cut down the lead a little bit. And so, honestly, we might just be seeing Ben at center, which goes back to the problem is the Sixers have no true answer for depth at center when they need it because if Ben's your backup center, it's not a great deal. And, you know, maybe this is where they miss Tony Bradley, not saying that, you know, getting George Hill was the wrong move because it was the right move, but, you know, you gave up a really good backup center in Tony Bradley that gives you a different type of so let me look. let me ask you, Lucas. Yeah. And it's it's mm-hmm. in the books. Embiid had a monster game, considering he was mm-hmm. hurt. He had his meniscus issue. Oh yeah, he did. He did not look a hundred percent. Thirty nine points on twelve yeah. of twenty one shooting, fourteen to fifteen from the line. Mm-hmm. This is not a good sign. If he puts up those types of numbers and we still end up losing, that's not a good sign. It's the first game, but let me just ask you real quick, off aside from the agenda, do you think they should have started him? Do you think they should have started and beat in this game? Ooh. Well, you know, my 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 stance on it from the last podcast was he needed to get surgery. Mm. That you remember that. I said that that I think he needs I to do get remember surgery. That. Get a, I do remember yeah, that. But, I, but I, as time moves I mean, forward, if, you could have changed your mind. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he looked great. He did say in the post-game presser that he's feeling discomfort. He's not 100%. I think we can say we definitely saw him lose some lift on that when he, whenever he did his fadeaway jumper. There was a couple of them that came short. And, I mean, just defensively, he couldn't jump nearly as high. I mean, he gave up a lob to Capella. Granted, Trey Young's a great passer. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I, you know, he had a great game, not denying that. But there, you could definitely see he wasn't 100%. Yeah. Um, if he wants to play through it, that's his choice. But if it was me out there and I'm getting paid to get knees, uh, you know, make sure that I'm healthy and that right. I'm having a long-term career, I get the knee surgery. But I mean, I'm not. Yeah. So granted, I have torn meniscus. So I'm, and I haven't gotten surgery. But you know, I don't. I'm not getting paid for you. You know, my knees being healthy. I would have sat him because I just feel as though 
we're going to need him in the second round. I think the Sixers would have. You mean the the fi- conference finals? Yeah, so the next round uh, against mm-hmm. either Brooklyn yeah. or, or Milwaukee. And I, the Sixers can compete with this team. I think they, not that it's a fluke, but I don't think that they're going to stay as hot and talk about Atlanta. And I think Embiid, if he would have sat and we would have been down 0-1, then maybe put him in in game two. But if we would have gone mm-hmm. up 1-0, that would have just given us more cushion for Embiid to rest and not increase the risk of him just making or irritating his, his injury even further. So I, I would have said that's just me. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, no, I think that's a fair uh, play, uh, place. And, uh, you know, Brian Jacobs of the Pain of Lion tweeted this story at the beginning of the game. He's like, I really wish that Atlanta New York series won seven games. So I feel much more comfortable about Embiid. Um, but let's I'm going to tell you, look at the starting five. Tobias Harris, not the best game shooting wise from the three point line, but overall solid game. Wish he was a little bit more aggressive, only 13 shots. But, I mean, you that's not a bad Tobias game by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Seth Curry, another great game. Honestly, I wish he got more touches than what he got. Yeah. But, I mean. Seth Seth did what he could. He did what he could. Yeah, 20, 20 not, 21 points, 7 of uh, 12 shooting from the floor, 5 of 9. From the three-point line, hit a really important three towards the end of the game. Uh, step back jumper. On, I guess I think it was either was it Bogdan or Danilo, and I can't remember who it was. Curry was a plus sixteen, Lucas. So yeah, he, he was he clearly was, the, was yeah he was the most good important player out there. Yeah, not the most important, but he was he made the biggest impact in, in you know he was that third fiddle for Tobias and Joel. Um, ben. It's a mixed bag here because you had five turnovers. Great defensively. You know, I mean, as good as you could get. I wish the refs were a little bit looser with the whistle because he could have guarded. He had the size and the speed to guard Trey Young. But I'll give Trey Young credit here because I'm a small guy. I'm only 5'10. He's about six foot, six foot one. Um, when you play, when you're getting guarded, guarded against taller guys, and I used to have to deal with this all the time in high school because I was at a small school, so I was playing power forward against like guys that were like six three, six five. And when you play against those guys, you have to initiate contact, and when you do that, you're going to get the whistle a lot more. Right. So he's smart. He's playing it smart. I can't be mad at Trey Young for doing what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. But. I mean, I wish the whistle was a little bit looser. Ben said the same thing after the post game. He wants that matchup in game two, but it will depend on whether or not the refs will let him. Now, that brings us to, you know, our last person because Ben <laughs> didn't really get to play defense until the second half because Doc was trying to save him from getting stupid fouls. And it ended up being the case because he got two fouls and like three possessions guarding Trey Young. So, something like that. So, Danny Green. We love Danny Green. He's won three championships, was a prototypical 3 and D player, one of the guys that the term was named after. You know, still can hit shots. Uh, uh, you know, this season he proved he can still hit shots at a high level, can still guard at a good level. But this is not the matchup for him, Uriah. He got roasted. He got roasted bad. Oh, yeah. I think I think Trey Young roasts. Everybody, though, let's be honest, Lucas, mm-hmm. and, and that, that's your that, that's your phrase. Let's be honest. Trey Young is the best lob passer in the entire mm-hmm. NBA. 
whether he's tossing it to John Collins or Well, I don't know if that's the case if you if Luca actually had lob threats, you know, debatable. Uh Trey for his size, he yeah. he's not supposed to make those passes. Luca's taller, he has the advantage. I think Trey has an instinct. He has a grit inside of him. I'm highly impressed with Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Highly impressed. Well, I don't like the I don't like the defensive scheme that they had Danny Green going over the pick and then Joel dropping back. That just that's and I mean they adjusted a little bit and we'll talk more about that later on, but Danny Green just isn't does not have the foot speed at 30 what is he 33 now? 33 mm-hmm. years old to to guard a guy like Trey Young who's quick. He has a quick trigger like I mean Trey Young uh, he went for 35 on 11 of 23 shooting, 4 of 11 from three-point line, and perfect on nine free throw attempts. Ten assists, four turnovers. I mean, the guy, the guy's showtime. He's going to be a longtime star in this league, as, you know, as long as health permits, you know. <laughs> and honestly, if, and I'm not saying, well, I mean, I did in our preview article. I did write that I believe the Hawks will win in seven games because I don't trust. And the reason why is because I don't trust Joel's knees, and I think Trey's that big of a showtime. Yeah, he's big time. So I I mean, big time player. If Joel misses even one game of this series, Sixers have a real chance of going home because Trey's that 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 big. And if Dwight Howard doesn't step up, darn Skippy, it's that's what's going to happen. So Lucas, let's let's talk about some surprises from this mm-hmm. game. I think Sixers fans, and if you look at the Sixers Sinks website when we when it gets to the social media question of the week, we had a lot of engagement. With the question of the week, we'll get that to that at the end. But what are some surprises that stood out to you for either side of of the opponents? Well, I'll say this for the Sixers: I was surprised that they made a comeback. I thought that game was over. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was tempted to turn it yeah, off. I, I almost fell tempted. asleep while my daughter was napping. I, I was watching it while she was napping. I almost fell asleep with her a couple times in the third quarter. Um, they kept showing they kept showing uh, Atlanta fans. Mm-hmm. Some guy named Quavo. I have no idea who that is. And some <laughs> random some random fan. I, I'm assuming you're joking. I, I'm assuming you know who Quavo is. No, I really don't. He's a rapper. I, I really don't. Yeah, he's a rapper. Well, I figured that much. Yeah, but <laughs> but the, but the other guy with the T-shirt on. Oh, I don't know. I don't. Who that he's was. some like random he guy. Some... They kept showing him, and he's just such a hate the face guy. Thinking, please don't ever. Please mm-hmm. do not come to game two. Ban him from the stadium. Put him, you know, mm-hmm. on a flyer outside the stadium. He's not allowed in. But I'm sorry, keep going. You're surprising. No, so I, I mean, I was surprised about that. Um, I was also surprised by the good offensive game that Thibel had. I was surprised by the bad, sh- you know, shooting game that Maxi had. And I was surprised that Doc Rivers didn't change his scheme before halftime and went all bench in that in that qu- second quarter. He went all bench in that second quarter, and they went on a run. Well, he had to see. He had to give them a chance to prove themselves, sink or swim, and they sunk. And then in the, at, when they came out the half, yeah. he put Ben on Trey, and we, that kind of showed some adjustment. But, yeah, I, I think he did try at halftime. So I, I only have a few surprises. Number one, I was shocked at, at how hot Atlanta was. I know Bogdanovich mm-hmm. is – a stellar shooter. I know that Herter is a good shooter. Trey Young is Trey Young. He's volume scorer. John Collins. John yeah. Collins. He, yeah. he hit some shots that if he misses based on his regular season average, the game is probably closer. I'm surprised at Embiid's effectiveness. 
the way that they were posing this meniscus tear and it was such a focus point and yet you can play through it well yeah you said that before and it's a small tear but i didn't expect him to come out and almost you know score 40 piece so i was surprised at that but he did he he wasn't a hundred you noticed that he wasn't a hundred well yeah after he's diving on the floor and he intentionally fouled in the fourth quarter i I just there's nothing more deflating than that as a fan and probably as it's a team when your star player who's hurt has to just exhaust himself to the point of aggravating his injury. Well, he shouldn't have been, he shouldn't have been playing that many minutes. I, I, I agree. I think that I agree a hundred percent. I mean, you can't really do anything cause Dwight, but you can go center Simmons yeah. more, I guess. But I just, um, yeah, no, I mean, he had a great yeah. game. Yeah. That was surprising. But I mean, at the same time, he's not a hundred percent. We no. can tell. It's just that he's that great of a player that he can play. Right at a near MVP level or at an MVP level on a bad knee. So kudos to him. Yeah. I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised that Shake Milton, like you said, one minute he didn't do anything but turn the ball over. Mm -hmm. But I was surprised that Maxi shot two for eight and he seemed like a rookie. He finally played like a rookie. And I wonder what type of message this sends to Doc Rivers going into the next game. Would you give uh, Maxi the same minutes, or would you? I mean, I'd rather trust Maxi versus Milton at this point, and those are the only two guys that you're going to give minutes to, unless you want to bust out Mike Scott, which... No, uh, no. Give George, maybe you give George Hill more minutes. Maybe I you give mean, Hill minutes. Maybe, but he was 0-2 from the floor as well. I mean, he was a minus 17, which is actually the worst on the whole yeah. entire roster. Yeah, um, he had a bad game. Bad turnover, too. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. But I guess we're kind of talking about surprises and disappointments here. So, I guess we can kind of just... I guess we can skip that section if you really want to. Unless no, you had another, no. Okay, well, go ahead. There's Tell a disappointment the... that I did not mention yet. Okay, and go ahead. Go for people it. Who, who read my stuff on the website, let me be very frank and honest with everyone. Mm-hmm. If you look at the box score of Ben Simmons, he shot seven for seven. whoop de do They're layups. Now, some of them were contested. He had a nice reverse layup up and under. That's great. But the free throws... Come on, man. Three for ten. Three for ten. You go six for you go six for ten. You know, mm-hmm. even if you go five for ten, the game is is closer. You can't do that. And Lucas, mm-hmm. the hack of Ben thing became crucial in the final two minutes in the game. You said mm-hmm. it earlier. You were surprised they sh- they had no business being in that game, but they came back. They made a late run, but all of a sudden you have this momentum. Ball goes in, foul. On two or three possessions, they fouled Ben, and what did he do? He missed. So I am extremely disappointed in that this continues to be an issue. And for all the Ben supporters out there, but he plays lockdown defense. Okay. All right. Well, look how many points that they put up. They put up 128 points. Where was Ben Simmons for that? And where was yeah, where was Thibel for that? I'll put some onus on Thibel. Let me let me interject here real quick. Two quick things because you're on a roll here. <laughs> uh, one. Ben got lit up by Bogdan in the first quarter. Yeah. He got lit up. It, it wasn't pretty. I was like, gosh, Ben, do something. But Bogdan had his number. The second thing is, you're right. Do you think this game kind of proves that maybe Ben shouldn't be the quote-unquote point guard? I know we're in more positionless basketball. But I, do you think that next year he needs to have a true point guard in the starting five with him? <sighs> Look, <laughs> I... 
I have a I have a hot take, and you're the king of hot takes on this podcast. My Let's hot go. take is Sixers, if they lose this series, whether Embiid has a meniscus tear or not, Simmons is going to be traded. Anything that you lack with his absence, you gain in defensive uh, presence with Thibel. And as far as point guard, who can shoot, can be a lob threat. I already know who you're going for. Maxi, I would put Maxi in. I think he's shown us enough games where he can run a team. He's still young. And I just I can't I can't get over the not shooting thing. I can't who, get over who, it. Who, well, if you say Ben Simmons is going to be traded, have you had any thoughts on who? I think I know who you're thinking. Don't <laughs> tell me. Well, since Portland was eliminated, I yeah, think I we, mean... all, we can all point to we can point to Lillard, right? I wouldn't okay. mind going after Lillard. Anybody and else? And yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a few players out there. Um, You're gonna have to write about this now. You know that, right? Oh, of if, course. Of course. This, whenever the Sixers get eliminated, you have to be like five trade uh, targets. Look, uh, Demar. You know. I, w- I would take Demar Derozan. I would take. Whoa, I would, whoa, 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 whoa. No, let whoa, me finish. Let me. Whoa. I'm just putting it out there, man. I'm not saying that it's gonna happen. Obviously, it's up to Daryl Morey, but. I would I would take Demar Derozan. I would take uh, Zach Levine, but I think the eyes on the prize would be Damian Lillard. Him I, and Embiid would be an amazing combo. Well, I would not give up Ben Simmons for Demar Derozan. I'm tempted with Zach Levine. Demar Derozan's also going to be a free agent this summer, so it would have to be a sign trade. Oh, okay. All right. Um, but the, the yeah no, I I definitely would not do Demar Derozan. He's near the end of his prime. He's He's not a three-point shooter either. He just can make mid-rangers and free throws, and he's not nearly as good defensively or playmaking-wise, so you lose a lot there. And Ben Simmons, like you said in a couple earlier podcasts ago, he's starting to attempt you know, mid-rangers, not in this series so far, but, you know, it, it could happen in the next year or so. I think that could happen. But, no, I mean, it's tough because... I'd be willing to trade him, but it'd have to be. I don't know if it would be. I don't know if Levine would be the guy. I feel like I would want more back from Chicago if if I'm. Well, trading. yeah, I I, I, I just yeah. saying. Of course, mm-hmm. you would. You know, there would be more players involved mm-hmm. in terms of productivity mm-hmm. and better fit. Every time Simmons has the ball in the half court, it, his man is sagging off. It's four and five. It's the same thing. It's the same nope. thing, and. And against the Wizards, this. against mm-hmm. the Wizards, it wasn't as bad because the Wizards don't have a better supporting cast mm-hmm. than the Hawks do. But it's it might come back to bite us. Let me ask you this: If you could get Lonzo Ball in free agency, do you think that would solve a lot of the Sixers' problems with the point guard position? No, I'd rather have Maxi than Ball. I I think Lonzo is fine where he is. You okay. give him a chance to to develop and blossom with that really mm-hmm. great young core down there. Uh, is he on the trade block for New Orleans? He's a restricted free agent, so it would have to be a sign oh, okay. of trade. But um, well, what do you think? Do you think he? I think he'd he be a would good fit. Figure? I, I think he could fit next to Ben because he's proven he can play off the ball with Zion, but he can also orchestrate uh, an offense. Um, oh, that'd, that'd be, be some ugly shooting nights right there. That box score would be pretty bad. I think he could. Well, I mean, dude, he shot thirty eight percent from the three point line this year. He did improve. He did improve, but on a high volume. So I mean, anything's possible, yeah. especially if you have a playmaker like Ben giving getting you wide open three pointers. But no, I think getting back to the disappointments here, I have two. 
obviously one we can talk about Danny Green's defense. It's been it was horrendous. He uh, and hot take here, Uriah. Mm-hmm. Are you ready mm-hmm. for this? Mm-hmm. Matisse Thybul should start game two. Thank you. Thank you. I agree 100%. Yeah. I think Thibel did the best job out of anybody because he did not foul Trey as often as Ben did. And he actually was able to fight through those screens a little bit better than Danny yeah. did and contest those shots. I, think, um, I don't know why he's guarding Danilo in the second yeah. unit. That's not his best, his best use there. I think you need to have him on Trey. And then the other disappointment is that I wish Doc Rivers would have double teamed Trey more. You can't let him be a scorer and a passer. You have to make him one. But here's the thing, though. Uh, so either you here's you, the thing, Lucas. Mm-hmm. He's so mm-hmm. he's not the perfect player, right? He, he's for his size, yeah. he's shockingly superb. Let's just put it out there. For his size, he really is a cut above the rest. Mm-hmm. I, I would argue he he's more valuable mm-hmm. than Ben Simmons and in, in the offense. Defensively, Ben Simmons is a tremendously much more yeah valuable player than Trey Young. However, I, I think mm-hmm. if you double yeah. team him, he will find a passer or he will find an open man and, and it'll be well, it'll lead it, to it. Call, if, but no, so it, think it, about it, Lucas. If you yeah. double team him and he makes the right decision, which he seems to do today, they're gonna find a wide open man, whether it's John Collins, Herter, or Bogdanovich. So you, you pick your poison. Well, I'll say this also. Um, there he we there were some tor- turnovers for us. He did have, I believe, what was it five uh, four turnovers in the game? Most of those were in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. with those double teams. So the double teams did produce something. And it's not to force turnovers; is to get the ball out of his hands. Like with when James Harden was with Houston, and James Harden is probably granted a lot bigger and can do a lot more things, mm-hmm. but probably the most comparable player that we can think of to Trey Young. Mm-hmm. In modern day, because I mean, he's a hybrid of Steph and uh, Steve Nash. But in modern day, I would say, game wise, probably you know who can hit a shot everywhere, but also get ten assists any given night. James Harden would be the most comparable player there. But what they did when Harden was in Houston is they double team him at half court, right. and then they have somebody stick on him like Lou and keep him out of the offense and make the other four players beat you. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather give a I'd rather Trey have like a eighteen to twenty point game and Bogdanovich have like a twenty eight game on suspect shooting on like okay shooting versus Trey Young going off for crazy efficiency yeah. on thirty five points and ten assists. Yeah. If you get the ball out of Trey's hands, I think you got to double team him at least forty to fifty percent of the time. You have to do yeah. that in game two. Get the ball out of his hands. Make sure that he's not initiating the offense. Make sure that he's not involved in the offense. If you get turnovers, great, but the, that's not the point. The point is just to get the ball yeah. out of his hands. Yeah. So that's that's your best bet. All right, so Lucas, let's move on, and let's head in the direction of adjustments. Game one is in the books. We lost it. It was a tight game. It probably should not have been tight, and we just went on a crazy run at the end. I, it, by the way, Lucas, mm-hmm. I think I had a brain aneurysm and a heart attack at the same time. In the fourth quarter, <laughs> um, oh, uh, it was it was a wild ride. So anyway, so if if you were Doc Rivers, Lucas, what type of adjustments would you make for the next game? Well, I, I already talked about well the uh, green, two yeah, right the green there. one was yeah, yeah, green, green, and also you know double teaming uh, Young. But outside of that, you got to stay home on the shooters. Right, right. If Young does get. If Young does get going, if he attacks the paint, you just stay home on the shooters. You stay home on the lob front. Let him get a layup. Yeah, two points. Two points is better than three. 
because their three-point exactly. shooting has, has been off the charts. So, yeah, I, I agree with mm-hmm. you. Yeah, you, you stay home. If you give up a, la, a dunk or a layup. So be it. Uh, you know, so be it. So yeah. be it. You got to stay home on those shooters. They're, they're too good. The other thing that I would say outside of that is um, offensively, they're not switching. I don't know if you noticed that, but they're not switching offense, especially when Trey's – I mean, you got to make Trey work. So if you got Danny Green or right, Matisse right. or whoever, you got to have that, that person setting screens. If they switch it, great. Then you punish Trey on the switch. Or you um, – even if you don't, then that offensive player, you know, the screen worked – and then you get Seth Curry taking mid-range jumpers at the top of the key, which is was his bread and butter butter this game. So you have to take that. You gotta you gotta make those guys. Work. It was a prominent discussion across social media that Doc would do that this game. The the idea of switching and and hunting out the mismatch and getting Trey Young isolated on someone, let's say like Tobias Harris. It didn't happen as or much. Or even Ben Simmons in or Ben Simmons Man. in the paint. I, Simmons. I would trust the Ben Simmons post. Ben Simmons post up on Trey. Yeah, I would trust that. He 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 punished guards and um, in Washington. Yeah, that was because he was directly under the, the rim. When when he's when he's well, ten I mean, feet from do, the rim, you do you do the same thing. Ten feet from the rim, yeah. you do the same thing. Yeah, I, I you're I, I'm I just mean, validating your you point. Is that I agree with yeah, you that yeah. that was a major focal point, but Doc did not come through with that. If you ask me the adjustments, I would I would hope that Doc Rivers would figure out a way to get his bench unit to execute better. There was a point in the second quarter where they were out there flustered and they were looking at each other and bickering. It was it was a little uncomfortable for me because we had played so well as a second unit for the second half of the season. So I hope that he adjusts. I hope he gets in the head of, of Dwight and says, Look, man, you're a leader of this team. You're a veteran. You're a champion. You have to step it up. He because clearly he didn't step up. Furcon Lucas actually did better in the fourth quarter, but he has to be more effective early on. Efficient, yeah. You know he needs to be consistent. That's the problem with this bench unit. There, there's always problems with consistency. Any one guy could go off, but you don't know who that guy is. Yeah. Like George Hill, this is a weird game for George Hill. We don't usually expect this type of poor performance from George Hill. He's a veteran. Granted, he's had up and down performances in the playoffs, but I expect George Hill to usually be on more times than he's off. Yeah. So I don't expect him to have a bad game. I think Dwight's going to, you know, sit himself down and be like, "Let's refocus." I, Dwight can show that he can do that. Yeah. Um, I don't think Maxie's going to have another bad game like this. I think he he's the I type of so. guy he's hungry for. I hope I, so. He's hungry for. I really hope so. If you can so. get this, if Thibault can shoot like this again, great, but you really just need him for his defense yeah. and Corkmaz. I you know what? I'm going to call this. Corkmaz is going to have at least a 15 to 20 point game in this series at some point. The cork, the cork's going to be popped off. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, man. Look at you. Is that original? Or you got to? No, no, oh, no. Yeah. That, 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 that's, that's been a thing on Twitter. Okay. And I haven't like, seen that uh, one yet. Mark Zumoff. Pop the cork? Uh, yeah, okay, pop the cork. Yeah, yeah. One last thing, Lucas. Yeah. The adjustment that I would hope that Doc makes, and it'll never happen because he's so stubborn and he knows mm-hmm. so much about the NBA and none of us know anything about basketball. But you look at the hack of thing, right? You got a tight game. You're down mm-hmm. four. You're down three. And the other team is trying to maintain their lead. You got Ben Simmons on the court. Mm-hmm. Hello, what are they going to do? I think we all know the answer to that. They're going to foul him, and he's going to go three for ten. Well, there, there's a way. Let me, that finish. You, mm-hmm. Let me finish. Well, there's a way. So to, yeah, he's okay. three for ten. He okay. has yet to prove 
I mean, the last game against the Wizards, maybe kind of sort of. It wasn't that great of a percentage. But I would, I would, if I was in the in the conference, you know, after a game, if I'm Noah Levick, who's a friend to the Sixers Sense podcast, or if I'm Rich Hoffman or somebody in the room, Keith Pompey, shout out to Keith. I would say to Doc Rivers, I would say, look, you sub in and out for defense, defensive purposes. You bring in Thibault when you're trying to, you know, stay close. You're trying to make a difference on the defensive side of the ball when the Sixers are in the game. Why can't you do the same for Ben Simmons? You know they're going to foul him, and his statistics have shown you that he's not able to execute at the foul line. So why can't you sub out just for one possession and then put him in right back in for defense? That's the adjustment that I would make because had he done that in this game, maybe we win it. Well, I understand where you're coming from, but there's an easier solution and less you know, controversial one than that. Are you ready for this? Help me out. Have Ben Simmons be the person that takes the ball out. Ben's not taking. They've the done ball. that. They've done that. Because as but, soon as they pass the ball in, they get they foul. They go but, right to Ben but, and they but, foul but, him. But here's the problem: Ben's stepping in bounds. You can't foul a player that's out of bounds. I believe it, I, it's worse than normal common foul, and that would get you ball plus possession. I believe. Um, under two minutes. Yeah, under, under two yeah, minutes. So yeah. So have Ben okay. Stay, stay so between of, two and so between two and four minutes of a game. Which is a very mm-hmm. significant aspect mm-hmm. with, with with the game, mm-hmm. you know, in the crunch time. That's an advantage for the other team. Well, so for two minutes, just sub in like you would do for Thibel in the so, last so minute or two you, of the game. Who would you sub in? George Hill. George Hill. George Hill. Okay, I would actually Easy. do Maxi, but I understand where you. Maxi's not a better uh, free throw shooter. Yeah, but they're not going to foul if Ben's not in the game. That's the whole entire. Yeah, point. but That's my argument. Time. But my argument is is George Hill is, is playoff tested. Well, Maxi gives you a spark, but I think George Hill is playoff tested. But who's better at creating tested. his own shot? And that's what do you need in the last two Ma- minutes? Eh, Ma- Maxi. I think it's situational. No, I think it's no, situational. It's, it's, George Hill cannot create a shot, especially at this point of his career. Maxi's the answer. Uh, if you if you need to, I'll have, have to a, agree to disagree. I uh, agree to disagree. Uh, I agree to disagree. Well, I don't know <laughs> if I would take Ben out. That's I don't. I would definitely take Ben out. I would definitely take Ben out because he's not ready. He's, he's mentally not ready. Until he goes 7 for 10 or 6 for 8 or 5 for 8, I'm taking him out. The hack of Ben thing is, is going to cost him – it's going to cost us games and it's going to cost him his job. He's mm-hmm. out if he doesn't if he doesn't step up his game. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. I just uh, – it's a tough call. It's a tough call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I see, I see where you're coming from. I, I just – I, see, I like Maxi, and I, to be honest, it's a, it's a coin flip. I wouldn't be mad if you put Maxi. I'd put anybody in for Ben. When, or to a, to a, or Cor- If we're talking uh, about free throw percentage, I, I think Cork Moss has the – I think he has the best one off the bench, mm, to be honest. He's sketchy, too, from the line. You would think he'd be better, but he is not dependable uh, on, the, on the free throw line. Yeah, I'm going to have to check this out here. All right. Well, you can talk while I'm doing this. All right, let's do a social media question of the week. You can bring that up at the end, Lucas, if if you want. Um, let me go ahead and pull it up. I should have. Usually, if it's just you and Chris, I would have it up. Yeah, we miss Chris, but you know, because you know, he, I think he's moving to Florida. He's, he's, he's doing driving to Florida, Florida. I think. Yeah, I think okay. that's it. Um, this season, he was. Oh wow, you were right. Seventy-three percent from the foul line. That is. Huh. He's not. Huh. He's not that you dependable. Know, you would have thought better, which kind of makes you think: is his three point percentage just is is he just having a hot streak, or is you know? 
Because he's only, I mean, he's only had good free throw percentage for the past two seasons. His first two were pretty uh, awful from the three-point line. Yeah, so the social media question of the week was about Trey Young, who picked us apart tonight, or today, this afternoon. What will be the key to stopping Trey Young? And here are some responses from Facebook. I'll just go to a few. We have uh, George Samuels. He said, send him into a Dwight Howard pick. That was kind of humorous. One uh, person on Facebook said, Trey is not is not as good as Beal. We're talking about Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. And his almost 30 points per game wasn't enough last series. The Hawks much better, but they only go seven deep. Trey is going to get his. Ben and Matisse will make him earn them. Yeah, that's what we thought tonight, right? Uh, and fresh legs from our bench. Elliot Raspaldo on Facebook he said, Ben Simmons better stick to him like flies on doo-doo. Mm, if it was only mm. that easy. And Chris Dash, this was the funniest one. And maybe this happens between now and Tuesday night. He said, greasy Philly cheesesteak with hot peppers and a banana milkshake. <laughs> that's, <laughs> according to him, that's how we stop Trey Young. Uh, I mean, food poisoning, right? <laughs> I, I, you know, either that or, you know, Philly food, man, that stuff is greasy, man. It can mess with you for a little bit. Oh, I bit. know. I know very much so. So mm-hmm. I've been I don't in know Philly what... a few times. I know what it's about, though. I usually get the pizza, though. I love the pizza there. Kind of love the pizza, Philly yeah, pizza. Yeah, speaking of cheesesteaks, Dwight Howard mentioned Ishkip Wibbles on South Street. <laughs> That's his favorite place to get cheesesteaks. And he, he's funny. I, I love mm-hmm. Dwight Howard's sense of humor. He said... He loves Philly because he can get free Frosties if he misses two free throws in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Which makes sense, man. Yeah, no. Well, you know, maybe we just get him the same type of, uh, you know, cheesesteak that that Giannis wanted. Who knows? Oh, which cheese? Which cheese? That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Which? 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 That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) He's hilarious. Oh, gosh. So, all right. In all honesty, Lucas... You know basketball. Mm-hmm. How do you stop Trey Young? Double now that we've seen him. what he can do, double, double team. team. That was that seemed to be the most efficient way to stop him. Uh, Joel's and Dwight's not going to come out uh, on the um, you know the pick and roll. They're going to still stay back somewhat. I mean, Joel came out a little bit in the second half. Uh, you're not going to have Ben at the center position all the time, so you can't switch. And I wouldn't switch just because John Collins and Clint Capella are elite rollers, and are, we don't have anybody big enough to catch them on that roll. So I think the best way to do it is double-team him before he even initiates the offense, get the ball out of his hands, I will and, take, make him, and make him work for it. I will take a different stance. I think okay. what you said could be effective. Completely think that that could work. I would say let him get 80 points by himself and you, you everyone stay, else. Just just stay home on let him shoot jump, No, just let him shoot jumpers. I'm not saying lay off him at the three-point line, but don't let him drive because that eliminates the lob threat and finding wide-open guys for three. But let him get 80 points and make everyone else just a spectator on the Atlanta Hawks. And then on the other end... Punish him on defense, like you said earlier. Find the mismatch. Make him work. Tire him out. He can't play 48 minutes. I mean, he could, but it's unlikely. So I would say let him do it all by himself. Well, I will and, say the, the trade for Lou Williams has solved their problems when he goes on the bench because Lou can light it up for short periods of the time. Especially when he has lemon pepper wings. Lemon pepper wings. <laughs> 
And on that note, (laughs) on on that note, uh, we're going to finish out the podcast uh, on behalf of Lucas and myself. We want to thank everyone for listening to the Sixers Sense podcast. Hopefully the Sixers can pull out a game two victory at the Wells Fargo Center on Tuesday night. I think it's at 7 or is it 7.30, Lucas? Do you know? Uh, I can check real quick for everybody. You can keep on talking in the meantime. No, so... Check us out on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Uh, If you get a chance, please leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. We really appreciate the feedback. And until then, game set at two is at 7.30. There we go. 7.30. 7.30. Go Sixers. We'll see you guys next week on our midweek podcast. Take care, guys. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.